So yeah, uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. I am your host, the Afro Boy, Prince of Afro Unity, and this is the Lost African Podcast, where we talk about Afro culture, financial literacy, and controversy. This will be more of a controversial piece, especially spoken from a Black woman's experience with some historical aspects. Um, the first thing I want to do first is introduce my de- is my guest. Oh, you can go. You can introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Diamond. I am from Indiana. Speaking Uh, on the topic today. (laughs) I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I know it takes, it's not easy for for people to speak on any matter, you know what I'm saying? Um, Especially when it it comes to uh, things as as serious as this. Um, But we're going to talk about the Black experience in healthcare that women go through. So um, I want her to tell her story and then we'll get more into um, the historical aspects. So what have you gone through? What have you experienced that um, changed your views that that you just feel like, I can't believe this is happening, whether it be negative or so forth? Yeah, so it's kind of, um, I know I had mentioned it. Well, anywho, the video that was circulating TikTok really made me, you know, kind of second guess, you know, healthcare as far as it goes for us mm-hmm. as black women. Mm-hmm. So the video was of a, a, a black woman trying to leave the hospital with her kid and they were trying to snatch the baby out of her hand. They actually literally snatched the kid, the car seat out of her arms, like in a very dramatic way with the police, the nurses surrounding her, everything. No one tried to stop it. No one said anything about it. And they had no legal reason to do that. So that was, just, you know, seeing that and then knowing that that was the same hospital that I had my kid at, mm-hmm. it kind of was like, are they really like that? And it's in Kentucky. You know, Kentucky's a kind of iffy state anyway. Yeah, Kentucky kind of like Indiana, Kentucky. though. Kentucky, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Was, you got to be nervous walking around either one, <laughs> either yeah, one of these states. Yeah, I but, seen a, a Confederate flag driving through Indiana one time. Oh, all right. Yeah. It's, it's a little while, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> my experience was not as dramatic, but it just like the, my experience with the doctors that I had, um, that did my cesarean with my first kid just mm-hmm. kind of showed the level of care that they have for us. is like mm-hmm. literally at a minimum, they do a lot of things for their convenience mm-hmm. instead of what's best for the mother and the child. Mm-hmm. Um, so sort of like a drive, sort of like a drive-through, right? Just get you try get you in. Yeah, and out. they just—it's it's like that. They just want to get you in and out, in and out, without any, you know, specific. I don't know what they got going on, but right. so I'll go back on my personal story real quick. So I had um, my first son in 2018 at a hospital in Kentucky, in Lexington, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So the first, uh, the first. Uh, my first time, whatever, I went to a doctor. I had been seeing him for the whole time, and I don't know how much anyone else knows about um, obstetrics or whatever, mm-hmm. but once it gets to, like, the 37 to 39, you know, the 40-week mark, they start to check your, your cervix for if it's soft or if, it's, if you're ready to give birth. It's simply put, um, you're ready to give birth, right? Is that okay? ready to give birth. Mm-hmm. And mine wasn't doing that. Right. And for some reason, around the... I made it to 40 weeks. That's full time. What are you doing? I'm sorry. 
I had made it all the way to the to the ninth. It's actually ten months anyway uh-huh. of pregnancy, <clears throat> and they decided that it would be a good idea to induce me. This is where it gets really like head turning. So there is a medication called pitocin that they give women to induce pregnancy. It's supposed to you know speed up contractions and speed up the labor process. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not, if my body is not ready to give labor, why are you putting me on this medication? So they put me on medication, and it started off real slow. About 2 o'clock in the morning, it was on like a level 2 uh, drip. And then the nurse kept coming in almost every hour and cranking the, the level up. So I look over at the machine. It went from 2 to 8, and I'm in excruciating pain. I'm bald over. I'm, you know, I'm sick. I'm sick. Right, Put it simple, right. I'm sick. And they didn't say anything. And eventually my baby started being distressed, and they said, oh, well, we need to – we need to um, take her in for a cesarean. So they did, but the way they explained it to me was, well, it's more convenient for us this way anyways. Mm. So after that, yeah, after I, I feel. Sport, <laughs> it's like, oh, so you did that on purpose. You knew my body was going to go into distress, and you knew I was going to have to get a cesarean, so mm-hmm. you did that. Mm-hmm. It just started to seem like that to me. Well, you know, um, just to go into the historical aspect, there's been a lot of stats, there's been a lot of articles wrote in that um, the pre-basis and the foundation of how um, most doctors think, um, especially, you know, non-doctors of color, color who are not doctors of color, mainly white doctors, um, their foundation of medicine is, well, when I'm dealing with these particular patients of this ethnicity, more so black, black people, black women, um, I don't need to pay attention to the the warning signs that I would be aware of um, if I was dealing with my counterpart, uh, a white woman, a white man, so forth, because because they can deal with the pain. For some apparent reason, stress levels, we're more superhuman. And as much as we like to tell people, yeah, we feel like magic and we love our melanin as we walk the bam, we also try to remind people, hey, bro, that's just, um, you know, us talking. You know, the reality is we're just as human as the next man and the next woman. And for you to just, you know, disregard my pain uh, is ridiculous. And that needs to be be heard and dealt with. So when it comes to that, there was like, there's a, a stat that says about 40%, 40 to 50% of his, but this includes other minorities. So they included the stats for Hispanics and black people. They were like, yo, they received less adequate health care about 50% of the time. And I was like, okay, something's not right with that. And then the aspect of when I seen the video that went on TikTok, because I seen more than one, that was the one that just got got um yeah the most views. So and that's why when I when I went in and I, I spoke my piece, I was like, I'm not understanding why the, the narrative, the way the story is being outlined and the way I'm looking at it and constantly seeing it on social media is they're only doing this to black women, uh, black babies and black families. Like that's not adding up to me. You know what I'm saying? Two plus two, it equal four. I don't give a fuck how you, this new math, whatever, it equal four. And I'm like, that, that, ain't, that ain't right. I, I also feel like a lot of the times, like healthcare professionals look at us and see as oh they can't do nothing they can't afford a lawyer if we do something wrong to them or they don't have good insurance anyway so yep. they're like looking at us already yep before you they pull even, in you, know, you pull in um if you walk into 
I've seen this. I really have. If you walk into, let's say, um, a hospital of, of any kind around the state and you got a, what they call Obamacare, but it's actually Affordable Health Care Act, you got Medicaid. If you ain't got Blue Cross Blue Shield, I'm just going to say it. And this is not right. me, this, this, um, this is not me disfacing any of these organizations as if they don't offer adequate health care, whether you have Medicaid or not. I'm talking about the perception that is received behind you not having Blue Cross Blue Shield. So say if you got Medicaid, County Care, one of the, the, the other brands that the Affordable Health Care Act or Obamacare, as people know it, you have that, they'll look at you, they'll give you the space and they'll just be like, oh, well, this we you probably gonna have to have a copay, you know what I'm saying? You got the rest of the money. Like they just... I'm like, why? Why does your service based off of what name is back in my insurance versus me as the person who used to serve me the same way when I come in here? No matter if I got Blue Cross or if I got fucking fucking off brand, whatever whatever you call off brand insurance, you know it shouldn't matter because again, I'm so, a patient. Go ahead. And it's very interesting because I'm a medical student right now. I'm a surgical student, and they. As a prerequisite before you enter your specific program, you have to take a medical law and ethics class. So if they're, it's not like they just uh, they're oblivious to what the medical laws are, what you know ethical standards for healthcare facilities are. They just ignore it, mm-hmm. and they might not. It's, I feel like their motives aren't as prevalent as they used to be, but they still have the same like thought process. At, yeah. Black women, they, they still have the same as it ever used to be. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything's ever going to change. And they can, you know, they, they may be nice. They may act like they don't have the, those sort of motives, but you know they do. Yeah. You can tell by how they preach, how they talk to you, how they look at you. It's, all, it's never going to change. Yeah, and just, just so you guys know, it's not just in the U.S. I came across this. The reason I did this whole story and went on this journey and it turned me to this path was because of social media. So there was another TikTok video that came out. And this is a... a She's a mixed woman or biracial woman, but she's talking about the aspects of how they think even in uh, the UK, in Europe. She was like, being a mixed woman, um, I'm 30% more likely or at a higher rate to lose my baby because of their thought process, because of how they, they handle the care of me. And, you know, Black women on top of that, her being mixed, she says Black women are four times as likely to... Um, have fatal injuries or even die during healthcare. So this isn't just all of this part of the world. I say no. If <laughs> apparently they're still not changing their thought process and how they deal with all the women, all the other women outside of um, their group. And I'm not saying that this, you know, the the white women, Caucasian women, are not at harm's. Yes, this, what we're saying is that the medical practices that are the foundation of healthcare need to change the same way with policing and so forth. There, there are a lot of things that are wrong with the world that people just like to ignore and they think that we're tripping. We're not tripping. I'm not tripping. She's not tripping. We're not tripping. <laughs> you know, um, and a lot of people like, even then, people don't like to give credit. So um, there is a black woman. Her name is Rebecca. Crumbler, she's the first African American woman to graduate the American Medical School. And then there is Dr. Sarah Gallard Boyd Jones. Long name. 
uh, first black woman to be a license to practice medicine in Virginia. You know, so again, when we when we're going into this, could even go into um, critical race theory or how we teach uh, modern day history now. There isn't a lot of viewpoints on the impact that we've had in healthcare. You know, they don't they don't talk about oh, you know, the black woman made this, black man made this. You know, I think we made the um, didn't we make the, the telescope? What's that thing that they read with your heart? They monitor your heart. Didn't we make that? I could have sworn we made that. The EKG machines. Yeah. Electrocardiograms. Yeah. You know, and it's just it's it's things like that 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 appalls me. Um, I was talking to a, a midwife actually, a few midwives that came in because they got awards. Um, they came in through my job, and I noticed that they had awards uh, in the medical field. And I asked them what they do. They told me that they were midwives. And one of the other stories, there are two stories, not the one in Lexington, Kentucky, but the other separate story on TikTok of the black woman with her. A black husband, they get pulled over by the police, and um, the social workers are with the police, and they take the baby. I mean, she's bawling, crying. You like, you could feel the pain. I never want to hear uh, a woman sigh like that. Like it was just horrible. And you know, of course, they said there were uh, stereotypical reasons as to why they were trying to take the baby. But one of the things the the medwife said, and one of the things he even said in one of his other videos, that they had all the paperwork. So they did it at home birth or they had the, the midwife and, you know, they filled out whatever doctors were off the band. So she said, well, there should have been no reason if, you know, our paperwork was together, everything was legal, we're off the band and she had a licensed midwife that, you know, her taking her baby to the hospital afterwards should have affected them taking the baby on a either temporary or permanent basis. That shouldn't have happened. Now, of course, they instantly said, well, were there other reasons and motives? You know, were there racial reasons and motives as to why this is? Um, because I don't understand why um, people perceive if I don't raise my child the way you do, they're in danger. You That's know, a bingo. Yeah. I, I don't get that. Uh, it's, it's, he's, he's healthy to my standards. You know what I'm saying? He's He's running around, he's jumping around, he, you know, he don't. Does he look like he's about to fall over? No. But because he's not doing what you want him to do, that's an issue. You know, and I don't understand that. That's so, another thing, too. I was literally just thinking about, um, I mean, and of course, raising kids, of course, will go hand in hand eventually with, you know, how you um, develop mental health issues in the future mm -hmm. so i had just recently seen i don't know i keep forgetting what his name is he's a really like he's an interesting guy he's a, a black male therapist he's really popular on tiktok oh he um had, i forget his name too i follow him too but i, yeah, I, I, I want to go find him but i know i know but now that i'm thinking about it, i'm not going to find him within the next video so Good. he was saying how um a lot of Black people are misdiagnosed with these um, mental health conditions like schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, and they shouldn't be because, well, not that they shouldn't be, but they haven't been properly diagnosed because they've been going to um, predominantly white institutions or predominantly white medical practitioners who just are, you know, so 
big on diagnosing based off of one or two symptoms instead of examining the whole thing. Like they, well, they take well, your symptoms. Yeah, yeah, that's um, I'm gonna cut you off, but uh, that's a big push. You know, to, you do you know Taraji P Henson, right? You know, Taraji P. Yeah. yeah, she made a big push on, on uh, mental health, giving out free mental health programs. Uh, celebrities like uh, G Herbo, he he gave out like free classes and whatnot. So that's a that's a really big thing as far as and, and behind that, I mean that's that's why there's a push for every time I ask the black woman, you know, well, how is how have you been treated in healthcare? They reassured me and they pretty much made sure, like, well, I didn't get treated that way, but I made sure I had a black doctor. That was the barrier, that was the keepsake. I wanted to make sure that someone looked at like me. So I know at least they don't think that, you know, I'm over-exaggerating my pain. They they view me more as human and they're not, uh, have these ideologies of what you call lack of ethics in healthcare. And that even goes into mental health. That's why a lot of people push to have uh, black therapists and so forth, because in that there's PTSD. So PTSD yeah. isn't yeah, it's a post-traumatic slave disorder. You know, a lot of people don't think that that's no, like that's a real thing that literally happened. You know that yes sir, no sir, how I how I project my child. Like one story is always told um, in regards to the kid. You know how when you go into school and you have a parent teacher conference, and the teacher will ask you or tell you something positive about your kid, you won't. You won't, um, you won't project that he's doing great. You won't say, oh, yeah, my kid's smart. You, most of the time, they'll say the opposite. They'll be like, that boy don't do nothing in the house. That boy run around. I don't know what you're talking about. You're doing a great job. They'll congratulate the teacher because you'll be more shocked. And right. That's a generational thing. That goes back to, well, we didn't want the master to be interested in our kids at all. So we told him everything possibly, whether we believed it or not, to have a negative outlook so he does not desire the child. So those are some that's, things that we picked great. up. Yeah, there's a, I think there's a lot of that too. And I, I try, I don't know. Let me go back real quick. When we talk about the, the mental health and people requesting black doctors, I recently tried to sign up for some therapy courses. Mm-hmm. And I specifically requested a therapist of color. And they sent me an email that said, hey, it was on it was on Better Help. Somebody referred Better Help to me, which I also found out was trash, but anything. Yeah. I was on Better Help and I requested a, a therapist of color. Mm-hmm. And they sent me an email and they said, Hey, you asked you a therapist. I took them a picture, this old white lady. I mean, I'm <laughs> sure she's a good woman, but that's not what I asked for. So I I'm not gonna go, I'm gonna decline those services because that's not what I asked for. I'm not comfortable speaking about my black trauma with a white woman just for her to I feel like I'm going to be degraded, so I would rather not tell myself that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's why there's a big push. So that's why there's a huge push when we talk about black spaces, black spaces in healthcare, black spaces in therapy, black spaces in, in education. We're not saying that you aren't adequate in being intelligent teachers, intelligent doctors, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that we would like to be seen we would like our kids to be taught from our perspectives on how we deal with the world how we see the world how we educate our kids are very important 
And you want to understand that, you know, that that's why it's so hard for you to talk about critical race theory, because it's uncomfortable for you. You don't want you don't want to yeah. face these things. And it's not we've been comfortable with this. That's why we say, yeah, we're going to send our kids um, to school and we don't have a problem with critical race theory because we deal with race all day. You know, so and a lot of a lot of, you know, non-black people. I mean, I know I know like. African-American culture, African culture, and Hispanic culture is very closely related in some aspects, even like identical sometimes. But when it comes to, to raising kids, white people, or and just anything, they think it's a race issue, and it's not a race issue. It's just a generational issue. Like, they, it doesn't matter how far down the line you go, there will never be a time where a white mother and a black mother raise her kids the same. No. In, in anything it's never going to no. be the same you know people people like to so one of the things that i like to say is that you can dream and have hope and i have hope that uh, my country and the world won't have to deal with these uh racist ideals and supremacy ideals but we aren't there yet and you need to need to separate what you're dreaming for and the reality I focus on right. the reality and changing that to get to the dream. You keep talking about this dream. No, stop that. Where are we right now? What are we dealing with right now? You don't want to deal with that? Right. That's the problem. You don't want to deal with that. We need to deal with that. Right. I think a lot of them still have the ideology of like, oh, well, this is where, where we're at now. For you, it's like that. For you, you, you see equality because you don't deal with the inequality. You see peace because you don't deal with the violence. You know what I mean? That's how they that's how they view a lot of stuff. They see it from their perspective instead of looking at it for what it really is. They have a they have a a film over, you know, they they got a filter over life. We don't got a filter over life. No. They have a misconstrued or distorted view of a lot of things. Not everything. Some people, some people do know or are very aware, but the experience that they see and the experiences that we have are very different. Okay. So let me ask you this though. What is something, because I always like to talk about the positive. What is something positive that you've seen being in the medical professional field um, from your people, whether it's accolades, you know, you've seen multi doctors, because I, I know um, a black man who recently just became a doctor, you know, so I was very happy to see that. You know, I told him, I was like, we have another. Uh, black man that's for the culture. These are beautiful things because these are strides. You know, a lot of people don't want to talk about the strides that we make. So what is something that you've seen? And plus you, like what you're trying to become. So what exactly are you trying to become? Because that's a stride. I'm sorry. I have a lot of friends, acquaintances, or just close people that I know um, especially a lot of my female friends who are in the medical field, and they're always striving for RN positions. They're not doing the bare minimum. All of, I have three friends right now that are um, nursing students, um, and I have two that I know for a fact are going for PhDs. They're going for their doctorates. They're they're hitting that mark, so I'm really proud of them. They're doing really well, um, and especially as women. You know, black women going to the medical field and striving for that, you know, that high rank, it really, you know, shows we are capable. And I absolutely love when I get on the internet and I see people my age, I'm 24, so young women and men my age who, you know, graduated school early or, you know, are doctors now, 
like they really are showing up and showing out for the culture. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. It was I know a young girl. Um, she's becoming a doctor, and her her experience, um, especially when it comes to dealing with the pandemic. You know, she's like, what I see on my end is uh, some could even say traumatizing. She was like, I had taken care of, I had five patients yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> now I got two. Um, you know, her aspect is she be- she believes that uh, medicine can help. Put it to you that way. Uh, I am not here to tell you whether or not to take the vaccine. I'm not here to sway you to do one or the other. I am only here to tell you that there are merits. There, there are, there's logic and reasoning behind both both views, you know, and if you ignore one, how in the world are you really going to say, well, this is, I mean, how is that one view right? You're ignoring the other, you're ignoring the aspect from the historical standpoint, you're ignoring all these other things as to why we have the ideology about the pandemic and the vaccine and so forth. But she said, um, she pretty much was like, this is why I think that we should get a shot because you know, I just seen my like three out of the five patients patients die. Hold on, give me a second. You good? You good? Uh, you know, so for me to continue the story, she was like, I seen three of my five patients die, and I was like, um, that's that was crazy. So, and I understood her aspect because again, um, as long as you have more information and honest information. So for me, the biggest thing when it comes to it, it isn't what the, what's the vaccine is. It's being honest about what it does, how it can help. Don't just tell me to get it like it's it's all right. You got it. You're good because that was the belief. I talked I talked to regular people on the basis that was the belief. You get it. You're good. You don't have nothing to worry about. That that's a selling point versus you being honest with the world and being honest with the community about what this does and what it's for. When you do that, everybody else will be cool with it. Don't sell the story because people were walking around like, oh, I got the shot. You can't say nothing to me. I can take my mask off. Woo-wop, the bam. Now, two months later, oh, well, that, you know, we, that, that wasn't 100% accurate. You know, we, yeah, you still got to keep your mask on. We don't care if you got the shot or not. So, again, my thing is be clear. As long as you're clear. How I see it. It seems like a, I don't know, I, I'm not for or against it. I just, I'm really confused. I, I don't really understand everything about it. I haven't really done any re- much research for myself. But I don't like, I wish they never did this. When they um, declared that it was okay for vaccinated people to not wear a mask, it's okay for them to be out without a mask, and then everyone else, like, you don't know who's lying or not about having, you know, their vaccines or whatever, so you right. never know. Right. Yeah, you know, they they be tripping. Um you know, my 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 biggest thing, especially for my people and for the world, uh just get a handle on it. Get a handle on it and We'll be glad. I feel like we'll be more confident to be like, okay, I'm cool with this. 
I'll see what this can do. You know, I got enough research. I don't think I'll I'll have any severe side effects or rule out the bam from it. So, all right, let's go. But if you keep telling me sob stories, like there was a video out. I promise you, this is this is uh, our uh, current leadership, as I put it. Um, our current leadership said, uh, what was he talking about? Oh, he was talking about Hurricane. It's a video on TikTok and probably on other social media platforms, but he was talking about the hurricane and preparing for the hurricane and what you need to do and how to be safe during Hurricane Ida. And he brings up the vaccine. He was like, one thing you need to do is get vaccinated. <laughs> and, and, and I had the, the blackface freeze frame. I was like, what? It's like, did you see it? Like, how the hell does does me uh, getting the shot have anything to do with this massive uh, natural disaster that's about to come come through my state and city? I I had um, recently talked to someone who was concerned 